When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, Fright School classmates. It is Joe for another quick announcement before we begin this episode. This episode also features a little bit of technical difficulty with Joshua's mic. It sounds like he's a little bit farther away. If you heard my comments from the Dracula episode, um, it also is the same thing here. Uh, So just be aware of that. I promise we fixed it in future episodes. The future episodes sound really great. Thanks for listening once again. Please remember to rate, comment, subscribe. And now, without further ado, week three of Fright School. Welcome to Fright School. One man's willing descent into the dark abyss that lives at the heart of the American horror film. Over the next few weeks, I, Joshua Napier, am going to play horror Sherpa to Joe Farron's journey to the mountains of madness. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to class. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. I am I am doing well. I had some technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> but uh we're we're back on track. We are, we're on track. So you had a good time watching the movie for this week? I did. Uh it was very I just I uh, maybe I'm just biased against older movies. Uh but I love Howard Hawks. So hey, awesome. We'll, but we'll talk about whether yeah. or not it is even a hard we'll get into that, but it's it didn't traumatize you. No, it didn't traumatize <laughs> me. I'm still I'm still hanging in there, folks. Uh, you know, Joshua did. We are speaking to you from the past. So uh, <laughs> if I have not uh, made it <laughs> to, if I have perished, um, Joshua did it. <laughs> so I'm sorry. That's yeah. That's probably true. But. I'll host a big party for you yes, and we'll uh, throw you on like the dining room table or something. Everybody can kind of pay their last yes. respects. Flowers. That'd I love, awesome. I love hydrangeas. <laughs> unlike Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> hydrangeas. Uh, that might be the gayest thing that we'll say this podcast. I really? don't know. Maybe not. I mean, we still have plenty of time. We have we, like a whole, we got hour, a whole plenty so of time. I'm we sure. are watching RuPaul's Drag Race after this. this so is true. We are. We're in a really interesting headspace. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Usually we like to start out with current events and news, but there's really, you know, there wasn't anything that I saw today that jumped out. So instead, we're going to have Plugapalooza. Plugapalooza. <laughs> we have uh, lots of things we want to tell you about, books and podcasts and movies and things, just to encourage you all to get out there and, uh, you know, experience some horror. So, what do you want to talk about, Joe? Well, I do want to mention, and I really hope they give us a shout out on their show because I just <laughs> love them so much. But I want to mention uh, my favorite murder. Oh, this is a podcast. It is a podcast. Um, I don't have books to plug because I don't read. <laughs> um, actually, no, I have one book to plug, oh, but awesome. it's about food. So, oh, perfect. So, my favorite <laughs> murder is a podcast by uh, two very, very funny, very amazing ladies, uh, Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff. Um, half the reason why I listen to the podcast is because of their names. Cause <laughs> they, they sound like game of Thrones houses. I love it. Um, and basically what the, what these ladies do is they, uh, on a weekly basis, they recount their favorite murder that week and they just tell you the story of the murder. True uh, crime. True crime. Love it. True crime. I love them already. They're my new favorite people. I, I <laughs> knew you would love it. And I actually, uh, listen, I've been listening to them. I'm caught up on all their shows. They talked about, um, oh man, his name escapes me. 
the the murder that uh, the nurses in season one of American Horror Story that that's based oh, on the Richard Speck. Richard Speck. That when they were describing the Richard Speck murder, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, American Horror Story!" Joshua be so happy with about <laughs> that I'm getting <laughs> to know this. So you know, by extension, you know, true crime, true horror stuff. They also do a l- they sometimes recount uh, stories of survival of bad things. Oh, wow. Uh, but, you know, you should always make it to the very end of their shows because they always end with uh, stay sexy and don't get murdered. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's cool. So, and that's on like iTunes. And it's all on that. iTunes. They're cool. a feral audio, uh, feral audio podcast. They were recently in, at um, a podcast festival where they did their first live show. Oh. And I post, I'm in their Facebook group. I posted that I don't listen to live shows. And they ha- they actually talk about how neither of them either really like live show podcasts. Mm-hmm. But that particular live show was really great because it didn't deviate too much from their actual what they actually do in the studio. Oh, cool. And they had an extra guest, which I thought was really fun to hear another voice talking about their favorite murder. Cool. Um, they they do this thing where they do uh, mini sods where they talk about people who send in like their hometown murders. Oh wow! So, um, do you have any hometown murder? Uh, you know, I remember a couple years after I graduated high school. Or no, 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 because I moved. I went to two different high schools. I started out in Lebanon High School, and then I moved to Deer Park High School. And when I moved in my, that was like my sophomore to junior year, Mm -hmm. there was a girl who I was really good friends with, Sonia, who was found in the trunk of her car. Oh, my God. She was dead. Yeah, and that was really awful because I really, really, like, she was awesome and really funny. Um, and I don't think that was ever really solved. Oh like, I, my I don't God. remember hearing any, like, you know, they just, she had gone missing and they found her like dead in the trunk of her own car. So yeah, really horrible. Um, but I can't think of any, I mean, I, you know, maybe if I think about it, so you caught me off guard. See, we'll, we'll talk and then something will pop up. And in the middle of our discussion of the thing from another world, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's this murder. <laughs> well, if that happens, you know, view, uh, listener, you just, you know, Yahtzee, scream Yahtzee, take right. a shot. That <laughs> happens. But yes, my favorite murder, Karen Kilgariff, Georgia Hardstark. They have cool. merchandise. That's really cool. I'm probably going to get it. Awesome. Probably going to get a T-shirt. Um, they have this whole... Uh, they all their t-shirts or some of their t-shirts look like their true crime novels from the 80s. Oh, I so love So like that. their yeah, yeah, yeah. big fonts and um I I'm not too up on like the Jean Benet Ramsey stuff, but if you listen to their Jean Benet episode mm-hmm. and then read um I think it was Georgia who did uh who did uh, magazine pieces as like the series the CBS series being released. Yeah. So she did like recaps. So if you read those if you like you like that creepy kind of stuff. Huh. But yes, Very my cool. favorite murder. I love that. My favorite murder. All right. Well, check that out, kids. Boils and ghouls. Boils and ghouls. <laughs> oh, and I have one more. And one then more. One please. more thing to plug. Uh, I. So I, I don't watch that many movies, apparently, uh, but I watch a lot of TV mm-hmm. and I actually started watching Hannibal with you. Oh, We're doing yes. some viewings. Hannibal. So on, um, so by the time this is released, it'll be available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. But feeding Hannibal is a cookbook that's coming out by the food stylist on the show. And she oh. basically did a entire cook. She did a cookbook. It um, is going to have pictures of Hannibal making like people for dinner. Oh, wow. <laughs> And, um, like from the show, like from the show, oh, like cool. recipes that he used in his different dinner parties <laughs> from the show. Oh, that's genius. Yeah, it's that's going to be really good. Wow. Obviously, you know, uh, they're not going to call for real human beings. So, you know, yeah. don't don't get any ideas. Crazy psychos. But <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. We are not encouraging cannibalism yet. We'll get there. Yes. We're going to get there. Uh. <laughs> don't worry, folks. The cannibalism will happen later. But yes, feeding Hannibal, where books are sold. I love that. That's great. We'll might we'll put it on our link so that way you can we buy will. it. We will. So you can buy it and then we'll get a kickback. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get some money. <laughs> yeah, so we can keep this going. 
Um, yeah, all right. So I'll plug a couple of things. So last week we talked a little bit about Elvira. She has a new book out. I'm not sure if I mentioned much about it, but everybody should go to tweeterhead.com or elvira.com and pick up her new awesome photo book. It's like 200 and some pages with 300 plus photographs. Awesome. Big old coffin table art book, she calls it. Uh, I just want to plug it because I just love Elvira and I want everybody else to love her as much as I do. So pick that up. Also, I don't know if you're like me, but I love like those Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns. Yes, I do too. I love all of that kind of stuff. It's like take my money. Uh, Yeah, because they want to make such cool shit, you know, like people, you know, things that that I want, you know, that nobody's making. I, so anyways, I, I love supporting that. And there's a new book coming out. I am a huge fan, like most of us, most people my age, and well, and older, because I, I think they came out probably the late 70s, early 80s. But the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series, did you, do you remember those books? Is with that the, the really one? really creepy drawings. Is that, um, oh yeah, Stephen with Gamel like the... Alvin Schwartz wrote them. The 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 head that's yeah, like in yeah. the, with the pipe? Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I love those books so much. And anything that kind of does that sort of thing, I love like collected folklore. Um, you know, that's a big part of this podcast. It's horror is like folklore, you know? And... Um, so they have a new book coming out called Nightmare Soup. Oh. Which I'm so excited about. The same authors? No. It's um, these people kind of are inspired by that. Like the drawings, the, the illustrations in the book are very similar. And so I just want to tell everybody to go and pick up a copy at nightmaresoup.com. Um, I, I think it's going to be brilliant. And I just wanted to share. It's like 30 some stories, tons of illustrations, creepy stuff. Um, it's meant for kids and adults, which I love that, you know, things that sort of straddle the boundary <laughs> there. Um, it's just disturbing enough for kids and adults. Exactly. Just enough. Everyone. Just enough everyone to keep can us, the bed. To keep those of us like myself going. Yes. <laughs> uh, what else? Right now I'm reading. I want to plug this book. It's older, but I'm reading it. It's called I Am Not a Serial Killer by Dan Wells. They just made a movie version of it that was awesome. I can't even tell you. It was really cool. Low budget, I think. Um, well, fairly low budget. I mean, I think it was made for like one and a half million bucks, which is, you know, nothing. <laughs> um, who, uh, what was the reason? Oh, Christopher Lloyd. Duh. Christopher Lloyd was in it, which is brilliant. He's great. Uh, so I just wanted to plug that because I think it's awesome. And the book is great. It's very, it's very interesting. It sort of follows like a, um, a kid who is a sociopath, like a diagnosed sociopath. And there's like somebody in his town like is murdering people. And, you know, first reading it, I'm like, well, is it him? But it's not. It's so it's kind of like um, a little Dexter-ish in a way, like teenage Dexter. Where like as his own sociopathy is developing, he's like tracking the serial killer in his town. So he can go kill him? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the if that's the goal. I think he's just kind of fascinated by it. Um, but it's weird. It's sort of a weird kind of thing because the, the kid is like trying very hard not to kill people, <laughs> even though he wants to. Anyways, pick up a copy. Check out the movie if you don't want to read um, like so many people. It'll <laughs> all be on our Amazon. It'll all be there. It'll be in the links. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the on the on the Facebook and on the Twitter. Um, on our social media. Which I should say, find us at Fright School, you know, uh, Facebook.com slash Fright School. Um, you know, come find us there. Join our community. Comment. Tell us how dumb you think our interpretations of these films are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. We would love if you're gonna be if you're gonna be uh, if you're gonna correct us uh, whether or not come we, correct. Yeah, you better come correct. <laughs> so be nice about it. Don't be oh, a douchebag. I'm not worried about douchebaggery. I love it. Be a douchebag. But I, just expect that I'm, I've got a nasty tongue, so I'll give it back. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Joshua got a nasty tongue. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not what I meant to say. What is it people say? Like, I don't know, when they have a... It's like you're going to come, you're going to clap back. I'll cut, yeah. Yeah, I'll you cut were, you. You would cut you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I have one more one yes. more thing. It's a local thing. It, it oh, won't, plug it, it. It will not be, it will not, it will already have passed by the time this comes out. Maybe, uh, maybe like I have. But um, Film Out San Diego is doing a showing of Nightbreed. And yeah, I think it was 
tonight or last night. Yes, and I was really excited because I've actually seen, seen Nightbreed. Night <laughs> the cabal cut. The even. cabal cut. The only cut, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and I'm very With that surprised. musical score. Jesus Christ. I'm very excited about that because um, I've seen something horror related. Mm-hmm. By a master. That's Clive Barker. Wrote the original book, Cabal. Um, or novella, I guess. I don't think it's really a full book. Um, but Who's the who plays like the government guy with the glasses? Is that David Cronenberg? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah I'm very excited about uh, having had something. And you may be asking yourself, uh, Joe, you're messed up. You watched Nightbreed before you've seen like Carrie. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it just so happened that that's what. Um, and it was funny cause that was like a night when we were purposely watching movies that had like a homosexual undertone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we were looking for like, yeah, queerish films. We were you know? for queery, when, when that queery was, was films. more, cause Clyde Barker is openly gay, mm-hmm. um, queer. And, uh, so his work has some interesting sensuality about it that I think is always good to, good to see. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're coming from. Like like something created by a queer person that wasn't necessarily a queer film. Yes. You know, Nightbreed. Um, although, I mean, I don't well, know. Well, it's just funny because like <laughs> it's being shown by Film Out, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, the the gay film festival in San Diego. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. it. You know, look them up. Definitely look up Film Out. They play some great films. They And they get actors to come and like talk. And yes. They're, they're great. I saw Rent there or they screened the movie Rent and they had Anthony Rapp come who was that's right was in the movie and i watched a nine to five for the first time at film out it was i've seen a lot of great things there yeah, Bound, it's really fun. they did they did little shop of horrors they did hedwig and the angry inch i yes. went to all those those were a lot of fun yeah michael mcquiggan does a brilliant job of putting that together with you know whoever his um i i know him so I, i'm yes. not sure about who his other like the other people that are situated with that but um yeah they're awesome there uh let's see yeah, if we're going to plug local, we might as well also plug our friend Tiffany Tang's book, Creepy Little Death Poems. Yes. Oh my gosh. Love that. Yes, and that is it. out. That's been out for a while. So you can get that on Amazon and you can get that. Does I think Mysterious Galaxy bookstore here. Upstart Tom? Crow also. Yep. And I think it's also at the library. Awesome. But buy it and support her. Don't buy rent it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rent it. On that, buy on it. that note. She needs a check. <laughs> yes, we need a check. We need check. <laughs> um, also listen to the awesome podcast uh, episode that she did for me oh, yes. on Untitled Friendship Project. Hashtag Untitled Friendship Project. Hashtag. I love but it. yes, Tiffany Tang, Creepy Little Death Poems. She bakes cupcakes with death. I love it. Oh my gosh. Plug a palooza. That was fun. I think we'll, we'll probably do that again, you know, throughout this, you know, as things pop up. There's always something cool, horror related. And if you want to send us stuff that we can plug. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please. Send it to us. Oh, please send us your terrible horror stories that you've written for me to read. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) He needs something to do in the bath. I'm not kidding. I love it. If you write, if you have made short horror films, if you've done any, send it to us. I want to read it. I want to look at it. We need more horror in the world. All right. Well, great job, Joe. You plugged a book. I plugged a book. I'm going to get that and I'm going to cook. I'm going to make some food out of it. It's going to be a blast. Um, I will definitely ask you where <laughs> where the cats are. Um, I don't know if you are going to take baby steps and, you know, do felines before human beings. But <laughs> not my babies. My babies are awesome. They're not going anywhere. They'll help me, though. Anyway. It's like, Joshua, your neighborhood's awfully quiet. Where are the neighbors? <laughs> I wish my neighborhood was more quiet. Uh, that's terrible. All right. Moving on. Main course today. Main course. The Thing from Another World, 1951. Watch the skies. Yes. Keep watching the skies. Uh, oh, God. It's not what, you know, well, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I said it in my initial reaction when we posted it on Facebook and Twitter. So um, it is that, uh, well, let me save my opinion of the doctor later, but it was very like when I saw 
when I was watching and the credits showed and it was showed Howard Hawks, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, his girl Friday guy. Right. And then the whole time, like they, when they introduced the Scotty character, I'm like, oh, of course there's a newspaper man in this. And then the whole, all that introduction, I'm like, oh, that must be what Richard O'Brien was referencing in Rocky Horror. Cause it's like Dr. So-and-so, Mr. Scott, Mr. Scott, Dr. and you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, oh, yay. Another, uh, we need to call it something when I can finally get a reference. <laughs> when you link something. When I link it to. A reference. A, a so. Little, little Joe epiphany. A little epiphany. A epiphany. I had one and it was there. And then as it kept going, I was like, okay, like it's a, it's very dialogue driven. We're not going to see, we're not going to see everything. The dialogue's good, but it's definitely, I I also don't like it in Howard Hawks movies when they're talking over each other. Cause Mm. like you're missing things and they just keep, it's just like a steamroller. Keep going. And then yeah. the I think there's that, that conversation that the uh, dialogue in his mo- in his films and it, it, in, it within the thing, it, it's like a musical soundtrack. Yes, it flows in such a particular way. Ex- exactly, and there's definitely when the when Doctor Carrington is talking for sure, and then at the very end when uh, Scotty is filing his report on the radio, uh, whoa on the radio, and. Um, it's like it has that there's a cadence and a and a way that it just goes um there the <laughs> any scene that the uh captain had with the the lab assistant uh Nichols I think Nicholson um is her name yeah I was just like oh, Nikki Nikki yes Nikki I was like what why Nicholson. is this why is this here <laughs> I was like I was like I why but, is this here yeah well I mean kind of plan to talk about that a little later but we can kind of jump in now with that but you know don't you find her character for 1950s female to be radically uh, oh yeah she's definitely a hoxian woman define you know defies like you know um convention of the day you know like she's very uh, forceful and she sort of comes on to him yeah you know she kisses him when he's in like a very prone position and he's Mm -hmm. she's she has that kind of sexual power which I know that's a thing that's um, Howard Hawks created this convention of the Hawksian woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where she's, um, she has uh, control of her sexuality. It goes against gender norms. She's strong willed. Yeah. Um, like uh, his, the, the Calif- the character in um, his girl Friday. Right. Uh, she's very much, she bounce, she bites back. She claps back at, uh, at the yep. men in the and but she's also seen less as a sexual object, but more as one of the gang. True, but she's also still desirable she's despite still desirable. having quote unquote masculine features, being forceful, being, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like, yeah, I know, you know, I, I've got me yeah. under control. It's like, like I know I me need, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other so woman, what was cool her name? Character. The other woman with the braids. Because oh. uh, she was she was a little forgettable, but I. Um, oh, Sally, Mrs. Chapman. Yes, Sally yes. Creighton's character. Creighton's character. Well, I think maybe because she's a missus, so then, you know, she's not as desirable and not Mrs. as at the front front. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, definitely, um, definitely classic Hoxton woman and her yeah. and Nikki's character. But it was just, it, w- it was interesting, too, because it's like, read my notes. <laughs> read, oh, Dr. Carrington, that, that prick. I was like, read my notes, Nikki. And then he, he read the notes and then the, I just found it so fascinating. I was, I was really glued to the screen when... He starts talking about like we shouldn't kill it, like we shouldn't kill the monster. Right. Don't kill the monster because we are killing knowledge. Yeah. That we should die. We should be the ones yeah. to die. We're expendable. We're expendable. This monster because it is mm-hmm. something that a compare uh, you know could propel us into the next phase of existence. We should be the ones to die. Yeah, a sentiment echoed in Alien. Yes. You know, um, with the. Well, you know, you find out he's an android. Sorry, spoiler alert, you know, if you haven't seen Alien. And the whole, you find out that the crew is expendable, you know. I mean, we need this creature, you know. We need to, we need to, to make sure that it is saved so that we can understand something. Or, well, in the case of those movies, create a biological weapon. <laughs> yes. You know, which, I don't know. It's kind of also echoed in the thing. It's interesting with the, the Nikki character because women at that time, like the role of women was so interesting because, okay, so 
let's back up a little bit and talk about kind of what, again, cultural anxiety, cultural conversation, what was going on in 1951, what preceded it. You know, you have World War II. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of women went to work. A lot of women went into factories. A lot of women, you know, had to because the men were off fighting in war. So, you know, you have the rise of like Rosie the Riveter and like women can, women can do and will and did, you know, and really um, helped keep, you know, things going like here in America while everybody was off, you know, blowing each other up. And so you come into the 50s where, you know, you have this idea of like nuclear family and all the men come back and the women kind of have to go back to domesticity, you know, Mm -hmm. and back to this strange patriarchal thing where it's like, oh, you know, we'll take care of you. But women had proved, you know, that they were perfectly capable. So I I think, you know, and and had always been women have always, you know, taken care of things that this isn't like, oh, and, you know, just because we had a war, all of a sudden women are able to you know, welds, you know, or whatever it was that you know they, everybody was doing, um, you know. So I think that she's sort of representative of that, where it's like, you know, she, like women in that time period were kind of looking at this weird dual role where they had proven themselves and the patriarchy was still like not taking them seriously. Yeah. You know, I feel. Um, and but, then, yeah. yeah and then ahead. Howard Hawks like really takes that, I think he takes that into consideration yeah. and he's created these characters that are not like you're like demure or not femme fatales. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're on equal footing mm-hmm. with the men and layered, you know? that they're layered mm-hmm. and they have that extra, they have that extra layer, if you will, yeah. of being sexually desirable as well, giving them in some ways a more of an upper hand too. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Which I, you know, I think it's so interesting to like, look at that. You know, when you kind of sit sit back and because you know, it's like I didn't think of like the thing from another world was not like shortlisted for our gender, you know, season that we're, we're hoping to do, you know. But now, like looking at it, I'm like, hmm, you know, there is some stuff in there to maybe consider to delve in deeper on on a gender, um, yeah. you know, looking at it with that gender eye with the with the queer eye that I I didn't really expect, you know, because mm-hmm. I remember seeing this this particular film years and years ago when I was like a kid. And then kind of watching it again, you know, now it's still it's not really one of my favorite movies. I think it's very important. I mean, I, I put it on this list, one, because it's part of our textbook. Again, plug that projected fears, horror films in American culture by Kendall R. Phillips. Um, but it was included in this in, in the in the book. And I'm like, I do think it's a very important film. You know, it's it, it definitely, I think, helped kickstart the science fiction like horror genre. You know, um, the year it came out, like every other like major studio was like jumping at trying to make science make science fiction films. Um, you know, there was so much alien conversation at that time. You know, um, I feel like I got myself a little off track about what I was talking about, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens. It's a podcast. This is all live, kids. Um, my point being what what was my point you're talking about gender query queer stuff yeah but i kind of wanted to wrap it back around anyways so it's oh my point is like no it's not one of my favorite films yeah. you know but i it, but it laid the foundation for many films that i freaking love like alien and the remake in in the 80s in 1982 uh, the Thing by John Carpenter is one of my all-time favorite horror films. It's brilliant. It's 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 great, and they you know did a really uh, good job. I think you know w- with it. Um, but I feel like we still kind of need to step back. We need to look at. We need to examine some things. Okay, so we're coming out of the we're coming out of World War Two. You yes. know this. Uh, we're fighting fascism, and then we're also fighting communism. There's a again a major fear of the other in American culture at the time. Uh, We had a lot of invasion anxiety, like, you know, that somebody was going to come over here and bomb us and take us over. Um, You know, that thing that we do. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There was, you know, so much, like, there were so many military films being made at that time. There was so much love and, like, you know, heroism, like, wrapped around the military. But at the same time, this major, like, distrust of the government as well and what they might be hiding from us. You know, in 1940. Uh, what was it, seven? Is it 1947 or is it 48? 1947, the Roswell UFO incident happens in Roswell, New Mexico, mm-hmm. and everybody gets this crazy fever over aliens. 
Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, there was just so much of like that, like this anxiety of like being invaded and, you know, uh, what's that other like uh, Orwell? Um, no, Orson Welles. War, War of the like, Worlds. War of the Worlds, you know, and that, you know, that went on the radio and everybody freaked out and thought we were like really being invaded by aliens. Now, for those who may not know, could you explain a little bit more about the, the Roswell incident? Oh, yeah. So basically, some, I mean, I... I don't really know how I feel about it, to be honest. I was kind of saving our alien conversation for the end of the episode, kind of like the immortal conversation with with Dracula. Um, But basically, you know, in 1947-7, something crash-landed in Roswell, New Mexico. Maybe it was a weather balloon. Maybe it was some sort of top-secret military uh, project. I don't know. Maybe it was a flying saucer full of space aliens, little green men. Uh, regardless, captured the attention of a nation has, I mean, you know, influenced, I mean, the Roswell incident has influenced so much of that type of pop culture from X-Files to, um, I mean, well, they had a show called Roswell yeah. like based, you know, com- you know, conversation with that. Uh, the alien autopsy is all about that. You know, that, that mm-hmm. craze of the nineties, I, which I remember watching with, um, I remember being like, pff, I don't even know, nine or 10. When that came out, and I really did believe in aliens then. I was terrified of being abducted because I had seen Fire in the Sky, and I knew that they stuck, like, needles in your eyeballs and things. <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, another movie I freaking love, Fire in the Sky. I'm get- See, again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself with my plugs at the end. Yes, um, yes, yes. You know, but I was really terrified of that. I thought it was real. You mm-hmm. know, like, I thought that they had really found, you know, an alien body, and they were like, you know, that this was something that had been hidden from us. So I really thought we would all be... Um, abducted and eaten or something because i'm I kind of be- i'm uh, cynical so i kind of believe in that kind of alien like the, like in the thing like if they come here i just don't feel like they're gonna want to be nice yeah you know i mean if they if they've looked at us and our history they're gonna be like eh it's screw like, these apes yeah we're doing you a favor <laughs> yeah it's like we're gonna do you in the your rest like when your dr planet. carrington at the end of the movie spoiler alert uh 1951 spoiler alert at the end of the movie <laughs> where he's basically pleading with the alien and then gets bitch slapped he's yeah. like he's like let us learn from you you're yeah. you're much smarter than us blah 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 like let us learn from you and then the alien's like no fuck away and slaps him yeah. i'm just like, like not interested yeah not interested i'm yeah. here to i'm here to breed assimilate yeah. i'm here to eat and i'm here to breed See, now there's another reason. So, you know, we're just all over the place this time. So, important facts. Let's lay some foundation for the thing from another world. Uh, It was based on a novella by John W. Campbell Jr. under a pen name, though, of Don Don A. Stewart called Who Goes There? And, right, Who Goes There? Yeah, I made a... I made a, a like you did, a, you did a thing there. Like I like that. Joan Crawford, like Alyssa Edwards <sighs> in the mirror, like yes. See, we knew it could get gayer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> There's still time, folks. <laughs> Anyways, so it was yeah. So it's based on this novella, and in that novella, much like John Carpenter's thing, which we are going to have to have a, a watching. I was gonna, now. I was gonna try and watch it you before know? this, but it just didn't work I out. Get, I should have let you borrow it because I have it on DVD. I have it on Blu-ray. I well, probably I, have a VHS. I watched it. a little bit of Blu-ray the night that we came up with the show, so it, uh, you had just gotten it on Blu-ray, and we were watching a little bit of yeah, it. Yeah, probably um, playing. But it was I got all the way up until the, when they do the autopsy on the on the creature. Oh, okay, so really, early. or on the dog, or well, you know. Either or. But anyway, so. Right. Anyways. <laughs> so th- th- the the novel is about a shape-shifting creature, which I really like because it adds this kind of diff- this uh, different level of anxiety because you don't know who is an, like who has been assimilated and who hasn't. You know, it adds this whole kind of thing. Um, but so that's a reason that I'm not a big fan of the thing from another world. Cause I definitely saw the thing first. I saw the 1982 John Carpenter film long before I saw, uh, the 1951 film. Um, so I was really disappointed cause I was like, well, that's not really the story. Like that's not what the book is about. You know, it's about yeah. a shapeshifter and that's kind of like the whole thing. Um, so it's a reason that it's not really one of my faves, you know, but I, I almost wanted us to talk about this just so I could talk about the thing. John Carpenter's <laughs> film because it's way better oh, and, and alien. And so I, and so <laughs> knowing from what little we watched that night and then what you've told me as well, I was also disappointed that it wasn't the shapeshifter because yeah. I feel like I feel like 
if you really wanted to touch on like invasion anxiety or this fear of the other, that's the perfect way to do it when you can't tell who it is. Yeah. When you cannot tell who the other who is. Who the enemy is. Who exactly, the enemy is. Precisely. Yeah. It f- that feeds into it more, you know, than, um, than uh, what's our, the b- our book <laughs> calls it, says eventually we learn that the creature is some kind of vegetable, a, an uh, quote unquote intellectual carrot who lives on blood and is seeking to plant its seed. <laughs> It's yeah. like, okay. When when they were, like, <laughs> describing it. So yeah. that's the other thing, too. I mean, you know, I think it's just restrictions. Very Frankenstein looking. In very Frankenstein yeah. looking. Restrictions of the day. So, you know, they can't really zoom in on anything. True. But, like, it's like, it's like a vegetable. And I'm like, it's a fucking vegetable. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's an I, outer space vegetable. It's an outer space. And I, I immediately was like, okay, so Scotty is, Scotty's comments in that time are meant to be basically be a surrogate for mine, which is like, he's a fucking carrot. Like, it's an, it's an intellectual carrot. He doesn't yeah. know what's, what's what. Um, it's just there to be a carrot and spread its seed. Yeah. Which I, I just think, you know, I... <sighs> I mean, it's it's fine, I guess, because because even with the, uh, the like the John Carpenter film and like the original novel, it's really the, it, its main goal is to replicate and to, you know, to assimilate what as much as it, it can. It's like a virus in yeah. a way, um, you know. So <laughs> there's not I mean, the motivations for the monster in either the 51 film or the 82 or the novel, you know, or other iterations of it. Cause I mean, they did the prequel of the, the you know, the, of the thing called the thing we've we've said, we're saying the thing so much people are going to be so lost. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I'm like a 51 film or the 2000. There's like, thing one. Yeah. And then thing two. <laughs> right. They're the one they made whenever that was a few years ago, 2012 or 13 or whatever. Yes. Yes. With, yes. Um, well, shoot. What's her name from the, it's a Dane, like a, it's a funny, yeah, like a Scandinavian. I always want to call her Numi, but that's not her. That's the other one. Numi, you know, from the, with the dragon tattoo, but it's somebody else. Anyways, but yeah, set in the Norwegian camp. It's great. Anyways. <sighs> I also like, I, I think I liked it better when in 81, the thing, they, f- they go to the camp and no one's there. And then they take right. it back to the base as opposed to in 51 thing where they go to the camp and there's people there. You know, it's they go to the scientists. Right. And then the scientists, they take them back to the base. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I just prefer like the, the structure of, you know, because I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I love that kind of anxiety where you're sort of in a um, it's very Hitchcock. Like, yes. You know, where everybody's kind of trapped in one space, you have this unknown entity that's, you know, copying, you know, so you really don't know who's who, what's what. It does. It 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 plays on that all that all those fears. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. The thing 2011. That's 11 Mathegis Van Hedging. Yeah, what was the woman's name though? I always forget her name. It's so embarrassing. Because uh, I should know it. <laughs> well, they're listening. They're ve- they're definitely listening, Joshua. So we need right to now, away. and she's like, "You mother." <laughs> she's like, "I'm a Mary cook. Elizabeth Winstead." Oh, okay. Her, she's in it, and yeah, she. I, it's really. I really liked it. I liked it a lot. Like, I mean, there was a lot of people that you know kind of tore it apart, and that's fine because there will always be that. I'm not that kind of horror fan. Like, it's really hard for me to hate something because I grade it on such a curve. Because horror is already put to such like a you know big test of you know of what's going yeah you know it's just like I just kind of want to be entertained I take it that way you know which I get like some people really love sci- like sci- like true science fiction and for me if it's like if I can't believe in the world then I just don't care you know like I, I'm not really big into sci-fi so I kind of get that and with horror people are like oh but I want to be scared by it or I want to like believe that I can be scared by it so if they can't yeah. then. For them, it's a waste of time. And that, you know, that's fine. You know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. to each their own. But yeah, so for me, it's like I just love, you know, I just. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm here. I'm on this journey with you because mm-hmm. I'm I'm someone who I like a good story. I like good storytelling. Yeah. I like suspense. Um, Which you are not always going to find in a horror film. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> a great story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're going to find a lot of fucking suspense. So like I, I'm here because it's it is. um. It's interesting. And plus, I, uh, as I said in the first episode, I always like to read, I always like background information and analysis of stuff because it just helps. It makes it that much better for me. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so going back to that, you know, so we have, um, you know, a film that really was, you know, speaking to an audience in the 50s. You know, we I mean, there were so many other things because, OK, so you have the thing and you also have on the flip side of that. The day the Earth stood still, yeah, which is sort of about an alien who comes here and, and is messianic and does want to help us, but we can't help ourselves. You know what I mean? We can't help ourselves but be violent and be, yeah, you know, at least in in this idea. I do, I do want to say that, you know, like especially like the political things, like oh, the enemy is communism, the enemy is fascism. You know, I I do want to just clarify and say that I think I, I'm talking about the way that people at the time viewed something not my own personal political yes <laughs> beliefs uh, regarding these subjects but those but at the time these were the enemies and you know and you have the cold war you know that started i mean just so so many things happening yeah. where people were just so afraid of the outside world and i think again that is really reflected because i don't think economically we were we weren't doing that bad then in the 50s you had a major i mean you're talking about the like really the rise of like the military industrial complex and we i mean People were doing much better. They came back from World War II, ready to have families, buying houses. I mean, you you know, you've, you're talking about a time when people we look back and we go, oh, this perfect time. You know, yeah, there was prosperity. Yeah, lots of prosperity. So people were so afraid that it was going to be taken away from them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they feared aliens invading. They feared, you know, you know, this whole McCarthyism, you know, this whole fear of yeah. uh, the Red Scare. You know, so that all, like, fed into making all of these movies about aliens you know which comes you know back to this cultural anxiety thing of invasion of being invaded of being you know taken over of having all these things that we work so hard for and that people feel they sacrifice for being you know taken from them and that's directly reflected you know and then you look at other you know what else came out the blob which same thing which is about a literal thing that consumes everything you know and is taking you know our bodies and And (laughs) absorbing of the body snatchers yeah Another one, you know, so much. There was so much like fear of alien invasion at the time. Hold on. We're pausing for wine. Yes, I should say I have to drink. I have to have my wine with a podcast. I know um, that is that's a requirement of podcasting. There's wine. Apparently. Always wine. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, you know. I will say this this podcast is a little more loose because I don't I, I will admit like I'm not a big fan of this original film. I really did just want to use it as an excuse to talk about alien stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why, you know, that is why you're the teacher. You are the instructor. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's just fascinating that we have kind of, you know, we humans, you know, we whether we search for God or whether we search for aliens, you know, we really do want to feel like we're not alone in the universe. Yeah. And so I find these sorts of films really fascinating because it's just, you know, and I guess if you break it down and look at like alien films from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s now, you know, what um, what kind of aliens are we interested in looking at? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, how often do we even have aliens that come that are like kind creatures that want to like educate us? Like never. Like E.T. E.T. Well, E.T. just wanted to. E.T. just wanted to go home. <laughs> True, but he's a kind alien. Yeah, he was kind. You know, he again, healed but people. Then you have our government. You know, the military, all of this that get involved yeah. and ruin the whole thing. Um, you know that. So it's so again, it's very interesting. Like this, the um, going back to again, like in the fifties with the with the thing, you know, everybody there was so much like love for like the military as there is now, but when you see movies about space creatures like that are kind or kindly who's who causes all the problems it's the military the military or and the government so i don't know these films exist in such an interesting like dichotomy you know where we have this distrust of authority you Mm -hmm. know even in times where our support for them is at an all-time high yeah you know i don't know i think that's something to think about Something to comment on. Something to have a conversation about in the comment section. So are you gonna are you basically asking me uh, if I believe in aliens? Oh well not yet, but I guess we can go there now. Um I don't I actually don't know. So I um I never watched the X Files. I <sighs> No. There's there was so one much. there was We're one episode of the X Files where they there was bread in an oven when they when they Patted the bread. There was blood that came out, and I was done. Oh, 
<laughs> um, you know, maybe that's where it started. That's where my aversion maybe. started. But I, I don't know. I, I watched that show like every week as a kid. I think it's um I think it's possible. I think it's definitely not um not impossible. I mean yeah. statistically and I Stephen Hawking believes that, you know, on the sh- like it's definitely a possibility. Um but I don't know. I mean, I the the like you said, where have there where has there been like a kind alien movie? <laughs> Where they were just here to teach us things, and then the government comes in and wants to study them, and you know, also um, uh, Mars attacks really freaked me out <laughs> as a kid. Uh, you know, wah, 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 and I'm oh the um, Tim Burton film, yeah, oh, Mars attacks really freaked funny. me out as a kid. So something uh, else that came, I think, out of the '40s or '50s, because it started as a card, as like a tops, like card. Oh yeah, 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 and then yeah, I think it, those. I think it turned into like pulp comics or something like that. And yeah, probably. I don't know. But um, but yeah, so I, I, I definitely don't know. Um, I think one thing that we do have to plug right now is the arrival or arrival. Oh, <laughs> I totally forgot. See again, you're getting ahead because I'm gonna plug some films. I'm gonna oh plug some movies. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all about ahead. Um, arrival. <laughs> <laughs> I, that sounded weird. Uh, arrival. <laughs> Uh, November 11th, it's going to be released in the United States. So by the time these come out, uh, it'll be in theaters. Yeah, that's Uh, another movie that I think is about. um, Actually, no, these should come out before, hopefully. Yes, but it'll 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 come out before that. Yes, but it'll be on its way. Uh, it'll be arriving uh, soon. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's another one because I read in preparation for today, I did read the original novella for uh, who goes there for the, mm-hmm. the thing from another world. And I read that novella as well. Story of your life. Um, yes. So good. Really interesting. Really weird. Cause I mean, it's kind of, it's all about linguistics and that's kind of the, I, I, I'm hoping that the film does a really good job with it. Like I'm really um, hoping that like, it's not like Independence Day. Like I just don't need yeah. another movie about you know the military blowing up alien spaceships. I just uh, you know it's done. Can we have a film that's just in you know? I don't want to say intellectual. That's not the right word. Um, but it doesn't have to be all blowing up and guns and things yeah. like that. You Something know, that's thoughtful. Yeah, exactly thoughtful. Because the you know the the the, the novella it's based on is is very like I mean it's all about language. It's all about how you know I mean the main character is a is a um, linguist. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, linguistic specialist who's yeah. brought in to help decipher uh, the these heptopods. That's what they're called in the in the book. And I'm, I'm assuming that'll transfer over to. Um, the, the movie but it's about like her going in and trying to uh figure out their language so that we can communicate with them and she has to like learn it and very very you, i don't know it was just really really fascinating and that and it also another interesting thing that the novel does is it kind of break it, it it's in the past present and future like at the same time oh that's cool because that's part of the the language of the alien creatures that come is that they before they start writing a sentence they know how it's going to end Ooh. so they kind of, so it's like and and they have to like it's so hard to explain it's so weird it's like every line or loop that they make mm-hmm. has to contribute to the whole sentence by the end of it Oh, okay. You know, so it's not like it's like it's not like they have a language where it's like ABC, you know, this goes here, this goes or like verb subject, you know. It's all like mixed together. And I don't know, it's just really fascinating and they kind of live in this weird, you know, time I don't know. I, I don't know. It, just it's a all existing at the same time. Yeah, it's just very a different mindset than what like what humans have. And so I'm kind of hoping that the film does that you know because it was just i mean it was a beautiful thing you know and i think like um i don't think it's a like i don't think i'm spoiling anything because it's like the girl the one she has like a daughter who dies but you kind of know that at the beginning of the book but also at the end like in the end she's also like pregnant for the first it's it's very strange uh, but really good so find it story of your life it's like um the author's last name is Chang C H I A N G. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so good. Look it up. Oh my gosh. Um, anyway, so Ted Chang. Yes. 
Ah, uh, yeah, really good. So hopefully they do a good job with that with the the film. We'll it put it really in the beautiful. Amazon links. Yeah, it was very emotional. Like I, I finished reading and I was like, "What did I just read? That was in, that was incredible. That was an incredible piece of literature." Um. Anyways, uh, I. <sighs> I'm in the same boat kind of I do think that out there in the world in the universe I just think it's too big it's far too big for us to be the only sentient creatures in it you know whether or not it's like some form of a snail exists you know on a planet 100 billion light years away you know whether it's that you know or like these heptapod things or something like the thing you know which you know I, I do I, I think that there's something out there I don't think that they come here and abduct people. <laughs> you know, I yeah. I don't even I, I doubt that we've ever actually had like a, a visitation from alien from an alien species. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I just don't know if I buy all of that. Well, I mean, I think our military is up to stuff and you know, yeah. all of that's things that people think they've seen are just. It, I think it's things they think they've seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, well, I, I mean, if you really think about it, you're the the classic story of like an alien abduction and like anal probing. Yeah, you know, sentient beings from another from another planet traveled light years uh, using very sophisticated technology to stick something up your ass. Yeah, and then put you back. <laughs> yeah, and I think that more plays on again like cultural anxiety that we have of of that of being tortured of being. Yeah, you know. I don't know. I just, and I, I mean, and I don't want to take away from people who swear they've been abducted and things have happened to them. You know, hey, they're you know they're entitled to that, and and I can't say that they you know that they haven't. I just personally doubt it because of that. You know, just yeah. this idea that, um, you know, yeah, why come all this way if you're just gonna you know like poke us? I don't know. Yeah. I, but I, I I think that it's it's an extreme possibility. I I just don't. I can't believe in all that darkness out there, that that enormous black, that there's not, you know, something else beyond humanity. I hope so, even. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I like the idea. And I used to. When I was a kid, I swore up and down I'd seen a flying saucer and swore that, like, aliens were real, you know. So I think there's probably part of me that, you know, wants that to be true, you know, kind of like the religion thing. You yeah. know, I can't prove that God doesn't exist. I don't think he does. She, it, whatever. Uh, but I want to. I want to believe in magic. I want there to be mermaids. I'd love to go swimming with some mermaids. I'm for it, you know, but I just don't see any reason to to really, truly believe. You well, know? you know, statistically, mermaids could be real, given how deep the ocean is. and They could be, and I'm, I'm, I would love that. I could buy you a mermaid tail. I've seen those, believe me. You would look great as a merman. I probably would. It'd be awesome. My long hair flowing. I, I will. <laughs> where, where the hell are we at now? I, I just diverted us. I will say this. Aliens were the my least favorite part of the asylum season of American Horror Story. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it was just, why? Well, they were just random. Yeah. You know, I didn't get that either. I love the design on them, and I thought they were really cool looking. Like, the, the aliens that they created were really neat. Yeah, I think if anything, and this is a spoiler alert for anyone who is in the middle of watching Stranger Things, but I oh, think uh, love it, that. It, I think if anything, maybe it's another dimension, a plane of existence, because mm-hmm. that's that's the one thing I loved about Stranger Things was they 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 suppose that what if the being is a like malevolent being from a different plane of existence and not like in our same world, yeah. but it's our same world, but like literally on, you know, upside down. So that's what I, that's what I liked about that particular thing. Mm -hmm. And I think those are, that's a different way to spin. That's a possibility. I think it's a possibility. I think it's spinning the genre. Cause I definitely think that if, um, interdimensional realities do exist. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't, again, I'm not a physicist. Yes. Not a, you know, <laughs> clearly. Yes, the, these, uh, <laughs> these are the, we're not physicists. Right. We're so not I don't priests. Know. Like I'm open to it. Again, like I said, I'm open to magic. If you have magical powers, if you've seen an alien and you have proof and you have a photo with it, a selfie, uh, <laughs> send it. If the alien send it to me, stuck I a selfie stick up your butt, right, <laughs> and then took a picture. 
Yeah, I want to see. No, I don't want to see that, actually. No. <laughs> please don't send us that. No, please. Um, that's... People will now. We're going to get people sending us horrible photos. Oh, God. Photos. Uh, that's all right. If you send it, we'll publish it on uh, some website. I don't know. Somebody will pay to look at that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, you know what? Today, I feel like today's class, like every every time I'm in class with someone, um, there's always that one person that totally derails the topic. And I feel like that's what we did this whole hour this or this whole uh class yeah we we didn't really talk as much about the film as we did with dracula i mean dracula we really kind of delved into a lot of like you know stuff we were like oh wow we're really we're feeling it yeah but you have to, but you always have those classes yeah, it's, it's like true. you you have that to talk true. about it because it is significant just, people came here to hear like an academic discussion of the thing <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? They're they'll get a they'll get it on the next round. Uh, yeah, well, next, yeah, of course they will, because we're talking about Psycho next, and that's going to be really good. We're talking yeah. about Hitchcock, so we're going to have a blast with that one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Kind of, you know, to wrap up a little bit on the thing from another world, 1951, otherness. That was probably definitely picked up by the microphone. Yeah, definitely. That was the cat. <laughs> yeah, my cats are jerk faces who are knocking stuff down in our studio, uh, which is also my library and my horror uh, yes, cave. It's a horror cave. This is the Sherpa's Den. Yeah, the Sherpa's Den. That's a horror Sherpa. I don't know. <laughs> the, the horror Sherpa. I love a horror Sherpa. I'm going to get a... I'm going to get a t-shirt made. Uh, <laughs> Is it horror Sherpa anyways, you know, willing descent? So the thing laid, uh, you know, the thing from another world, not one of my favorites, laid the foundation for some brilliant uh, sci-fi alien films, uh, including uh, the seminal classic Alien from 1979 with Ms. Zagorny Weaver. Yes. Yes. Yes, Queen. Which you have seen. I have seen it. Which is awesome because it wasn't on this list. Unfortunately, we're not going to get too deep into Alien. Um, but I, unlike the alien getting deep into us. <laughs> as some people seem to, you know, have complained about. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know, but, but that freaking love alien and it's kind of it's similar you know in a way to the thing because it's sort of about this sort of you know unknown creature that's kind of in fact you don't know who's like infected with it you know and you don't know what's going to burst out of them at any minute uh, <laughs> um and alien also played to a lot of very interesting um you know uh an interesting time especially you know looking at like feminism you know because like all the characters in that movie originally in the original um star beast that's what the first um you know dan uh, Robles or Robles. See, I didn't really look too much up about the thing. I didn't prepare notes for Alien today. Uh, but anyways, the original script, it was like all men. And so, you know, turning that into a woman, you know, Ripley, making her a woman really kind of, it was just a very interesting, um, I think, move on their part, which I, it makes the film very, very successful. Much, much more, I, like, I don't know. I'm a little misandrist, probably. Yeah, mm -hmm. a, a little bit. Uh, I probably wouldn't like Alien as much, but maybe because I love the thing and there are no women in it. So well, who I think knows? that's what made it a classic. Like, yeah. I think putting. But I mean, Kurt um, Russell is just so amazingly hot in the thing. So <laughs> True. I don't know. But so is Sigourney Weaver in Alien. She's very yeah, hot. They too. have so the I same haircut. Yeah, I'm <laughs> they do. I'm very, yeah, so I don't know. It's very confusing. But anyway, so Alien, you know, is so great because it plays on a lot of interesting fears because that, you know, you have a man get, like, impregnated by an alien and then have a horrific, horrifying, violent, bloody birth, you know, from his chest. You know, so it's interesting that the, it, it it plays on that. I think it plays on like you know, there's some really great quotes about the about Alien and what it does to male sexuality and the comment it's making on like rape culture and on like pregnancy, like the horror of pregnancy, which we've kind of we touched a little bit and like just mentioning that like Rosemary's Baby or um, just any film where a woman gets pregnant. If it's a horror film, that's going to be a terrible time for everybody involved. And in this movie, it's really it's a man that that goes through this horrifying yeah, uh, yeah. situation. It's John Hurt. <laughs> it is. Yes. And I don't know. I, I Yeah. So I, it's very 
it's very very fascinating you know i i do want to you know put a pin in this conversation because i definitely want to talk a lot about alien at another time when we can talk about the gender and, and kind of what's happening yeah. and so that i can actually uh, have prepared notes for for this for that particular film so people know that i know what i'm talking about <laughs> but anyway so <laughs> alien awesome love that that's one of my top 10 you know that's probably one of my like top five um horror films alien like i'll put that on and watch it anytime so good uh another one that i mentioned earlier fire in the sky which is based on quote unquote a true story again you know this man Mm -hmm. travis said that he was out in the woods with his logging buddies and he was abducted by aliens and it's an account of what happened that was the book and then they made a movie about it and it freaked me out as a kid uh really disturbing scenes with the aliens they're really creepy looking creatures i mean they did such a cool job on the design on those and some of the like the scenes like yeah there's like this these things that come down and poke it Ugh, it's so gross um but really love it so good um what else do I, did I want to mention? The Fourth Kind. That's a relatively recent one with Mia Jovovich. Okay. Uh, I really liked it. I think it was panned by critics. Like most of the movies that I love that are horror films, people are <laughs> like, that movie's stupid. Uh, but I thought it was really creepy and really weird. And it, kind of a novel concept because it's, it's it purports to be true. And you have... Um, so there's like the movie set up where you're watching like a reenactment, but also like the, the quote unquote real footage at the same time in some scenes. So uh-huh, it's, it's uh-huh. just, I don't know. It's very disturbing. Uh, so I, I recommend checking that out. And then one more that I'll mention, I'll put a bigger list out on the social media, social meds, the social meds, uh, but the forgotten with Julianne Moore. Oh, okay. It's great. I love it. It's sort of about a woman who's like lost a child and she's going through a grief process. And then like, her husband, the father, you know, of the child, uh, says, "Well, no, we never had a child. Like you made him up, and then so, and that's like the whole mystery. And then like aliens are involved, and oh wow, uh, it's really creepy and weird. And I saw it in the theater a couple times, and then I bought it on DVD, and I've watched it. I don't know how many times. It's just it's such a creepy, weird movie. Um, so I recommend going out and looking at that. Okay, I have some uh, <laughs> I have some uh, alien movies. Please, they're not horror, so uh. Awesome. But um, uh, Mars Attacks, I really mm. liked. I mean, I just love... I love like a... Where Martin Short takes him to like the secret room in Kennedy's head. Like that was probably one of my favorite scenes. And then everyone gets killed listening to... um, Oh my God, I don't know the name. But then Tom Jones is in it. So you got to love that. You're talking about the aliens when their heads explode? Yeah, when their heads explode. Also, Sarah Jessica Parker as a chihuahua. Uh, yes. Um, Wonderful. Men in Black. Uh, oh yeah. Really love Men in Black. Uh, didn't know at the time that it was a comic or was a graphic novel. Yeah, very dark, very different. In so, tone. um, love, but love the original Men in Black, not the not any of the sequels, but the original Vincent D'Onofrio uh, doing some of his best work. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing an Egger suit. I love that. Yeah, That's like sugar, yeah, some sugar water. In but water, it but it was an egger. Or like when they're going, they eat pierogies <laughs> and the and the and the. Um, and then Ugh. finally, and I was just thinking about this. Um, I really liked Escape to Witch Mountain. Um, the original Escape to Witch Mountain. It's a Disney That's film. A Disney movie. Yeah. Disney film, live action, uh, from the like sixties or seventies, mm-hmm. and it's about this brother and sister who have uh, powers uh, that work. They can communicate. They telepathically, but then they also have, uh, like, you know, some sort of like ESP, like telekinesis powers. And this uh, drifter <laughs> or like, you know, trucker guy takes them to which mountain where they basically go back home to uh, their home planet. But the thing is, is that from what I remember of watching the movie is that you never really quite get... Um, you never really it's never really quite acknowledged that they are aliens until the very end when the spaceship comes down and even then there's like you know a filter like RuPaul's Drag Race season 1 gloss all over the camera when the aliens when the ship actually comes down again but like the whole time it's speculation as to what it is they are oh. so that's what i loved about um escape from which mountain is because you, you thought it was just you know humans with powers when you know though no they're actually from another world 
Okay. Is that related? Do you know? Is that related to like that, like the green children thing? That I don't know. Is that a thing? Well, no, I mean, there. I don't know what year. I mean, I don't. There. It's like part of. It's again folklore that you know these children showed up in like this town and they were bright green or something and said they had come from like underneath the world or something. And then like, I think one of them died and Ooh. then one of them stayed and like the, uh, whichever one, like it was like a brother and sister and the other stayed and like eventually lost like the green color of her skin. I don't know. Look it up kids. See yeah. what you find. You have Google. I'm just wondering. She's see, so smart. And I do. I love E.T. I'm a big fan of E.T. You see my big E.T. doll over there in the corner. Love mm-hmm. me some E.T. Never seen it. So I, we have to watch that. And I actually have, thankfully, an original version of it that wasn't all edited to Helen back because they did a big re-release in the oh. aftermath of 2001, you know, after the, you know, 9-11 um, tragedy for lack of, you know, a word, you know, a word. Um, but they went and edited it and changed a lot of like the, you know, language. Oh, really? They took out the guns that made them all walkie talkies. And, you know, they added all these like CGI effects to make E.T. I don't know. It's horrible and a terrible idea. So thankfully I have an original theatrical version and we can watch it sometime. I highly recommend. All right. Maybe after we watch something really scary. Yeah. Something we need something feel good. Yeah. We need a Even little E.T. is. I don't know. Does it feel good? It's fun. It's a fun one, I think. But I don't know. It goes back and forth because it's sad. It's my favorite ride at Universal for a while. Fun. I've never done that. Never ridden that. All right, kids. Oh, my gosh. So I'm not sure that this was a a very educational uh, episode of fright school (laughs) but we hit it (laughs) but we did we recorded it and you listened to it so we thank you very much we hope that you are you know liking us on the facebook and tweeting us on the twatter twitter tweeter (laughs) twitter 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 Uh, stuff find us on all of that uh what else we're gonna be um you know keep listening we've got some fun things coming up we're gonna be giving away some copies of the movies that we that we have and We'll Funko Pops. Yeah, we're going to give away some Funko Pops. And Guys, I haven't even watched someone die yet. Like That's true. It's the real disturbing shit is coming. coming. Like Yeah, we're just laying a foundation. So hang in there with us. I'm like I get ex- I get anxiety just thinking about the stuff that I'm about to watch. Like I I try to watch things during the day when there's people around so that way I'm not like s- creeped out. But like seriously, interact with us. We want to hear what you think. We want you to like us, rate us on iTunes. If you want to, if you want to hear Joshua's thoughts on the you know intersectionality of gender and <laughs> rape culture in Alien, then you need to give us. You need to give us something because yeah, so we can keep doing this. We can keep doing this. Yeah, so just like us. Just let us. Yeah, please let us do this. It's so much fun. Yeah, please. <laughs> So, coming up, I'm very excited. We're going to do 1960s Psycho. Yes! Uh, Very excited. Uh, You know, Hitchcock, great. We'll talk a little bit about Ed Gein and uh, Robert Block's novel that I have sitting over there. Uh, That's the the original Psycho. Um, I'm very, very excited about that. And then coming up on future episodes, episode five, we're going to have Night of the Living Dead from 1968. And then that will probably be the last safe uh, film for you. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say because I don't think I don't think Night of the Living Dead is gonna freak you out either. Just like I don't think Psycho did, or because we did watch Psycho. Yes, we had a uh, we had a day of we Hitchcock. Did. We did a Hitchcock day, uh, but we'll get it. We'll get into talking about it. But yeah, so after Night of the Living Dead, then we're doing The Exorcist. We're doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're doing Halloween. It's just gonna be bam, 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 freaking you out. Just in time so for the holidays. Fun. Oh, we're gonna be right there. It's gonna be so good. So stick around, guys. Stick around. Keep coming to class. Don't drop it yet. Yeah. It's it's. I think that these conversations are really fun. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I'm I, blast. Ju- I'm having a such a fucking blast. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Well. We'll see you next time, kids. In the meantime, make sure, you know, try to look out, uh, try to find a copy of Psycho 1960, Alfred Hitchcock, classic. Watch it. Be ready to join in the conversation. Joe, I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Watch (laughs) the skies, everyone. Keep watching the skies. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 